Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, the most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John O'White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Steve Anderson. Steve is co-founder and CEO at Catalyst. He is an international best-selling author of the Bezos Letters and a keynote speaker as well. Welcome to the podcast, Steve. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Jono, for having me. First of all, you wear a few hats. You do a few different things. Uh, really successful book, as we were just chatting about. So for our listeners, uh, there may be many who are familiar with, with you and with the book. And But for those who don't know anything about Steve Anderson, tell us about the different things you do, Steve. So really two things. Um, my primary career for really the last almost 40 years now has been in the insurance industry in the United States. Um, and the last 25 years of that have been helping uh, insurance agents with technology. So websites and database systems and right all, all, the whole gamut of things they use as tools to help their clients. Uh, and then, uh, as you mentioned, I did uh, actually write and publish a book that came out in the fall of 2019 called The Bezos Letters, uh, 14 Principles to Grow Your Business Like Amazon. And uh, it actually was on the Wall Street Journal USA Today bestseller list and has been translated into 18 languages. So uh, a bit of surprise, uh, never expected that, <laughs> and been kind of fun journey of uh, d writing a book and, and having it well-received. Yeah, congratulations. That's a big achievement, and there are a lot of books that are written. So to be so successful is... Um, yeah, it's, it's particularly incredible because it obviously means you, uh, you, you've done an amazing job with the Bezos letters. So, so congratulations. Uh, let's jump into Thank your you. story, Steve. I, I want to start at the beginning. I want to ask you about your childhood. If we start there, what, what are some of the moments or even themes from growing up that really shaped you into the person and the leader you are today? Well, I think a couple things come to mind. One is just, uh, I think I've always had a, um, desire, I guess, is the right thing to say to um, be productive. Um, I, you know, typical kind of kid um, mowed lawns to make money, uh, got a job um, early in high school uh, and and just had that, I guess, passion to uh, create and, and do something. And, and then I think another thing comes to mind is um, when I was about 15, uh, in the U.S., we had the Moonshot program. So uh, uh, Gemini, uh, or excuse me, Mercury, Gemini, and then Apollo. And I followed that very closely. I was very interested in all of that kind of stuff. And Apollo 1 uh, astronauts, there were three that um, were preparing to launch that first Apollo mission and uh, a spark in the capsule ignited and actually uh, caught fire and 
those three astronauts perished. I was living in the Washington DC area at the time and convinced my mom to actually take me downtown Washington to Arlington Cemetery where two of those astronauts were buried. So I was actually there. And, and I think that actually also had a, uh, an impact on me and my thinking. One, partly that, you know, a lot of things in life are risky um, and it, it doesn't always work out exactly the way you want. Um, and, you know, just followed me kind of through my then high school and then college career. And probably again in college, I was um, oversaw a wing of a dorm uh, as a resident assistant. So being in charge of those uh, college guys and helping them and, and those kinds of things. So I think all of those things I kind of naturally started doing and certainly helped shape me to uh, what I've done in my career from that point on. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, how do you think, particularly those early experiences, like you said, around it obviously really affected you around the um, the Apollo mission and um, with that with that uh, with the moon, uh, uh, you know, those missions and that tragedy. What did you learn from that experience? How did that affect you, and and how has that shaped your leadership today? Do you think? Well, I think part of what I learned, and again, looking back on it now, maybe a little different than what I would have thought of, you know, all those years ago, but looking back on it now, I, I think it is this idea that you don't know what's going to happen next and being prepared for contingencies is um, worthwhile. And, and certainly as I got into the insurance career where what I did was help clients, both individuals and businesses, protect against what could go wrong. Uh, and so an insurance policy is there to help someone get back to the same financial position they were in before an accident or a slip and fall or something that happens. And so I think some of those early experiences helped me understand better, one, why that industry was important. And, and frankly, I kind of fell into it and then realized how important it was for businesses and people to be able to have that financial protection. And, and then it became, how can I continue to help, help them um, and build a business uh, around the passions that I have and the interests that I have? And that's continued to today. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and we'll jump more into your story, but I, I want to ask you about the Bezos letters and, and um, as part of your story, you know, for those who might be listening who are thinking or have a dream to write a book, can you tell us a little bit about how that fits into your story? How did that come about? So um, it really is as a result of my activities in the insurance industry. Um, and, and as I mentioned, I was have been involved for 25 years now just on the technology side. And I started realizing that the biggest risk businesses face today may actually be not taking enough risk. And with technology developing as rapidly as it is, 
businesses no longer have the luxury of time to, to step back and kind of figure out new stuff. So, you know, early on the internet, was it something I needed to pay attention to? Did I need a website? Kind of fast forward, what about machine learning? What about some of the new technologies coming out today, be it augmented reality or virtual reality? Are those things that aren't going to be here? Or are there things we need to, as business owners, to look into and figure out what it is that it might be able to do to help us grow or help us engage better uh, with our clients. So that led me to start looking at different companies and, you know, certainly some big names of very successful companies in the eighties, nineties, two thousands are literally no longer here because they weren't able to keep up or make that transition. Some easy ones are, uh, Kodak for film and chemicals. Well, digital photography has completely done away with the need for that. They weren't able to pivot to a new business model that made sense that didn't rely on, quote, their cash cow. Or BlackBerry, right? Early mobile phone with email capability literally had the lock on business email early until the iPhone came out and they weren't able to understand that technology would continue to develop so that you could literally put a browser on a mobile phone. They didn't have that and, and couldn't imagine that that could happen. And maybe more importantly, that consumers would adopt these devices and they liked a glass keyboard versus the old Blackberry, you know, touchpad kind of uh, typing. And so again, no longer here. And I could, you know, go on and on with, with different companies. And then I came across Amazon and Amazon has been able to literally reinvent themselves multiple times over their last 28 years or so. And I became really interested in why, what was different there. And that's when I came across the letters to shareholders that Jeff Bezos had written and starting in 1997, and the book goes through the 2018 letter, and, and I extracted uh, or saw uh, 14 principles that I believe Amazon used to grow, that Bezos used to grow Amazon to where it is today. And, and one of those is that very first principle I have in the book is called encourage successful failure. And, and Amazon's very intentional about experimenting to figure out what's next. And Bezos says over and over again, if you experiment, you're going to fail. Because if you don't fail, it's not an experiment, or at least that possibility. But the question is, what do you do with that failure? Do you abandon it, or do you figure out what went wrong and how to correct it and keep moving? Yeah, I mean, such an amazing idea and uh, no wonder it's so popular. I think yeah, you really, it's really well thought out and um, just hearing you articulate it there, you can hear why it's, it's uh, yeah, people are, are loving it so much. Um, so well, well done, Steve. If we, if we come back to your leadership journey, you know, that really, you know, that in terms of how you ended up being the person and the leader you are today and the author you are today of, of that book. I want to ask you about an early leadership opportunity. Can you think of 
one of uh, you know the earliest leadership opportunities where you felt out of your depth or you felt like you were um, you, you had to learn something new to actually break through a, a different you know a ceiling in yourself uh, you know a, a capacity what comes to mind well I think first is a couple of those high school you know things that I did um, where I took a leadership role in a in a you know club or a, a group but but probably the first where I was really stretched as a leader was in college and being responsible for part of a dorm. And, you know, probably, and I actually don't remember now, but I bet probably 35 or 40 other students that would come to me either with, you know, problems or uh, things that they needed help with or trouble with roommates or those kinds of things. And, and I never considered myself that great of a people person. And so I was stretched in terms of, okay, how do I listen? How do I uh, encourage? Um, how do I go find the resources if I don't have them that they may need in order to solve the problem that they're, uh, they're talking about? Um, it, it was a great experience and it was very stretching. Yeah, I can hear how stretching that is, particularly when you're, you know, walking into those conversations with with students who are making de demands or have issues, and you're thinking of yourself not necessarily as a people person. What lessons did you learn from that experience that have really stuck with you to now? Well, I think one is listening, um, which I don't always do really well. <laughs> And it's something I continue to, to work on and, and, and practice. Um, so hearing other people and understanding, you know, their uh, kind of what they're feeling or, or what their problem might be and being able to question them, meaning how can I delve deeper? You know, is that is what they're talking about the real problem or is there something else there and those were some of the early i guess lessons that i uh, took in and continued to work on and develop um, over the years certainly as i got into my career and business and a, a lot of those same kinds of things uh, certainly applied and certainly applied too in when i was selling insurance right so the questioning the listening the um uh, identifying what really is the problem they're trying to solve, uh, or if they don't have a problem, then I may not be a solution for them and being able and willing to, to walk away if it's not the right situation. So again, all of those things build uh, over time as you have opportunity to, to practice some of those skills and get better at them. Yeah, I, I think you've articulated that really well. I'm interested from from then to now and with um so much experience in between what are, what are the biggest changes that you've seen generally for leaders across society um have you found anything that was really important back then that's not now or that wasn't important at all but you've experienced wow okay that's now pivotal i i think a, a, a couple things come to mind one is um Oh, and I kind of hate using the word because I feel like it's overused right now, but um, 
I think transparency as a leader is more important today than it maybe was 20 or 30 years ago. It was kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm the business owner, I'm the CEO, or I'm the manager, or I'm whatever. So you do what I say. Versus I feel like today, effective leaders are seeking input, asking questions, getting help from others. And I'm certainly learning that now. So the current business, the Catalyst, uh, as a co-founder and CEO, is a brand new startup. We're only a little over a year old, again, working in the insurance space here in the U.S. Um, and I'm being stretched and tasked with um, employees. And, and literally in my past, I, I, I didn't manage that many employees. So that's learning how to engage effectively with employees, encourage them and hold them accountable at the same time. And, you know, again, for me, how to be real as a person. Like, um, I'm fairly open with, I don't think I really know what I'm doing here. What do you suggest? Or let me go find and talk to somebody else's as a mentor to, to help me in terms of, uh, continuing to develop some of those skills. And I, I think maybe that also is another point. As a leader, I think you've got to be a lifelong learner. You know, if you get to the point where you think you've got it, um, that may be a signal that maybe you don't. Um, and so that's always something that resonates with me. I, I really do like learning. I, I do like developing new skills, uh, like writing a book. I mean, whoever thought I would write a book? And um, that that was a hard skill, took about 18 months. Um, yeah. And I learned a lot, you know, in terms of, and it, and it improved my communication skills, right? Because we use email so mm. much or articles or things like that. Those are all things that build on what you've done before and help you continue um, to develop as a leader. Absolutely. No, I think you, yeah, it's, I'm, I've, I've written a, uh, a book on, on dealing with difficult people. And I certainly found writing um, step up or step out going through that process, uh, which for me, a big part of that process was presenting that content again and again and again through coaching sessions and masterclasses and workshops. Um, that's that that was a big part of how I ended up writing the content. Uh, but it's it's Absolutely. definitely yep. a, a wonderful a wonderfully refining process. Um, so yes, <laughs> if we if we if we jump into the book again, are there a, are there a couple of the other principles that you want to pull out? I mean, people can go and get the book and and read it, but. Um, a couple that you want to pull out for us that uh, that sort of uh, sure. you feel might be relevant for, for leaders who are listening? So 14 principles is a lot. So what I did is I grouped them into what I call four cycles. And I believe every business goes through these cycles almost continuously. But they are test, build, accelerate, and scale. And so there are principles in each of those areas. And, and people ask me all the time, you know, kind of, do you have a favorite or, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And I always answer with, that's like me, uh, you know, at, at telling you which of my grandchildren I love best, which just isn't possible. Right. And so 
I, I think there are a few that I would say resonate with people um, a, a bit more maybe than others, but they all work together and stand on their own. So, um, I, you know, I think a couple that come to mind are, again, encourage successful failure. That's in that test cycle. Um, in the build cycle, there's a principle called obsess over customers. And as a, a business leader, every business owner I know uh, has this idea of serving their customers. But for Amazon and, and Bezos, he uses the word obsess over customers. And that's just a different twist to me and very interesting. Um, an obsessive can almost be negative, right? You're so obsessed with. But when it comes to customers, the question is, can you be too obsessive over taking care of your customers? So that's a really interesting one. Um, in the Accelerate, one of the principles is generate high velocity decisions. Again, love the topic, love that principle. And at Amazon, they've created a structure to help organizations, especially as they scale, and certainly this is for Amazon, to not slow down decision-making, which is often too much of a problem as a business grows and scales, because they add bureaucracy, right? I have to pitch my idea to my supervisor, and they have to go to a manager, and they have to go to a regional director, and they have to go somewhere else. Well, all that does is slow down growth. And Bezos says there are only two types of decisions, type one and type two. Type one decisions are really big, bet the farm, be really careful, get as much information as you can before you decide, because it's really hard to change. He said, but most business decisions are not type one. Type two decisions are really the opposite. They're easy to change. And he uses the illustration of walking through a door. You make a decision, you walk through that door. If it's a type two decision and you look and see, look around and don't like what you see, you think the decision was wrong, you can turn around or pivot, make another decision and go in a different direction with relatively little consequence. And he says, most decisions in a company are type two and should be treated as type two. And so again, looking at Amazon and their growth, that is one of the reasons they are able to grow is they push decision-making down, not up. Um, and then uh, I'll do a, a fourth one in scale. Um, and, and this one I really, yeah. I think is a core. So as a business grows, how does it scale? Well, the last principle, the 14th principle, is called Believe It's Always Day One. And in Jeff Bezos' original 1997 letter, he stated it's day one for the internet. And again, remember, this is 1997. The internet was really brand new. Nobody quite knew what it could be at that point. He said this is day one for the internet and for Amazon.com if we execute well. Well, he carried that theme of it's still day one literally throughout every other letter that he wrote. He either ended it with it's still day one, it continues to be day one, 
And day one is a mindset of thinking like a startup. And as crazy as it sounds, Amazon employees today think like a startup. Uh, and, and so that's really interesting. And so in 2016, Bezos was on stage in front of several thousand employees at an all hands meeting. And he had opened it up for a Q&A from the audience. And somebody had sent up a little note card with this question. Jeff, what does day two look like? And he kind of chuckled and he said, I think I know the answer to this. And here's how he responded. Day two is stasis, followed by irrelevance, followed by painful, excruciating decline, followed by death. And that's why it's always day one. And again, some of these are really core to Amazon. I, I know they can be adapted, uh, adopted by other businesses, but that mindset, I think, is really key in terms of how you grow and how you scale and how your yeah. business can serve customers. Yeah, I love that. What a great um, concept, day one. And uh, I want to ask you about the two types of decisions. Um, from what you saw and what you've um, researched, watching Jeff Bezos, um, you know, and, and reading reading those letters, have you come across? Obviously, I feel like the type one decisions everyone is familiar with that process uh, because, in my experience, that's why I love the concept so much. We treat too many decisions like a type one decision, you know, like everything right. we're betting the farm. Let's research it. Let's. I think we can do that really well. What have you seen about how they practically uh, deal with type two decisions yep. compared to other companies? What does that look like? So I think a couple things come to mind. One is um, Amazon has a rule for teams that's called the two pizza rule, which is a team is no bigger than what two large pizzas can feed. So one of their strategies is to keep decisions in small teams because they can typically make decisions faster. And those teams are made up of high quality people or they wouldn't be there, right? So why not trust them to do what you hired them to do? Another thing is, and Bezos talks about this, you should make decisions with at most 70% of the information you wish you had. Because if you wait to get all the information or 90% of the information, then you're waiting too long and you're slowing down the process. Again, if you're encouraging successful failure and you make a bad decision, it's okay, right? Learn from it. Try not to repeat that failure, but don't obsess over it. And then a third principle at Amazon is what's called disagree and commit. So for decisions, the idea is you shouldn't have to convince 100% of the decision makers that you're right. And Bezos uses an example of their uh, prime video team wanted to green light a particular original content show. And 
had, you know, sent information out and, and, and gotten feedback and all those kinds of things. And Bezos wrote an email and said, I, and they, they wanted to go ahead. Bezos wrote an email and said, I don't agree with this decision. I don't think this will be successful. And I disagree and fully commit, if you think this is the right way to go, to supporting you in every way possible. So again, what he talks about is if they had to convince him they were right, it's slowing down the decision process. So that's a really interesting, to me, kind of cultural, corporate culture environment to help improve and create that environment that can support high velocity decisions. Yeah, that's wonderful and, and a great uh, story and, and a wonderful concept, disagree and commit. Um, well, let's, uh, let's move into Leadership Express questions and I'll make sure at the end that we uh, mention again where people can, the, the title of the book, people look up. But um, you've mentioned, we've talked about uh, the Bezos letters, but uh, what's another book that you've read? That... <laughs> oh, I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me another book because that was an easy <laughs> question, I, 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 easy answer I could have. Um, Every... <laughs> I would say, you know, a, a couple other books come to mind that certainly have impacted me. One, mm. an old one. Um, the author is Michael Gerber, and it's called The E-Myth uh, or The mm -hmm. Entrepreneur the entrepreneurial myth. And, and that's probably originally published in the eighties. I, it's still relevant. I still read it every couple of years and it's really talking about this idea of a business owner and what are some things that um, characteristics that go into a business owner. And his whole premise is that too many business owners have an entrepreneurial seizure and they're technicians that think they can do it better but not business owners. And, and so great book uh, has impacted my thinking significantly. Yeah, that is a great book, The E-Myth. And of course, uh, the Bezos letters, every author I have on says, <laughs> look, if I'm honest, my book is the book I give away because it's the one that I'm most passionate about because I spent, like you said, 18 yep. months writing it. So yep. uh, that's, yep. a, that's definitely a valid answer. Um, what is a, do you have any favorite quotes, a favorite quote around life or leadership that's really stuck with you? Um, again, just, it, I've been so immersed in Amazon. There are all kinds of quotes from, from Bezos. Um, I, I think this idea day, uh, you know, day one, day two, uh, and the quote, obviously I can spout it off without thinking about it. Uh, you know, our, favorite ones of mine. I, I think some other ones around um, marketing, a um, couple of, and I kind of go back to a couple of books there that I like. One is called 80-20 um, Marketing. So again, Pareto's Law, 80-20 Rule. Um, but this is um, specifically about using that principle in marketing. And that that's impacted me a lot. And uh, actually, I'm I'm sending it out to my uh, my team right now as we're continuing to work on on marketing and and uh, what we're doing with uh, with Catalyst. Yeah, fantastic. Um, that's uh, I, I think the eighty twenty rule is a wonderful um, 
idea across yeah. every part of life, really, isn't it? The Pareto principle. Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it applies in all kinds of different areas. And and the interesting thing about the 80-20 marketing, and the author, by the way, is Perry Marshall, is um, that it really helps you think through that same principle, right? Um, 20% of what you do in marketing brings 80% of the revenue in. So how can you structure your marketing better to uh, realize the benefits of that? So, Absolutely. Okay, last question as we wrap up. If you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? Um, don't be afraid of failing. Meaning, um, there are lots of times I didn't know what to do. Um, Take as much information, and I guess uh, back again to right high velocity decision making. Don't wait for all the information that you wish you had, but partly trust your gut, partly get the information you think you need, and take a step forward. Uh, and and I think that may be the critical piece. You are going to fail. Understand the more you understand that up front, and the more you understand it's not fatal. Um, mm the better off you will be in your career and certainly the better off you will be as a leader as you demonstrate that willingness to whoever it is that you're responsible for. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. And I think I think it's um, it is one of the biggest challenges for leadership. And that's why I love the Bezos letters. I think you've done an amazing job. I, I think the 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 theme throughout this podcast and um it sounds like you know it's really been a big theme for you as you wrote the book is around that that willingness um it's not even just willingness that's what i like about how you've articulated it steve it's it's intentional um <laughs> you know that that or as as someone said like ruthless the the ruthless commitment to to creating mm -hmm. a culture where failure is is okay and not just okay but it's part of the plan um is uh, is so hard to do and i think amazon's done that extremely it is well. yeah it is and, and and i would say i don't believe employees are afraid of failure they are afraid of the consequences of failure and, and that yeah. speaks to you know a corporate culture right that they're worried yeah. about their career or worried about as opposed to hey i don't know if this is going to work but let's try it and let's try and make sure we do it the best we can we, we, we don't want mediocrity and that's how we move forward. Yeah. I like that. That's, that's very well said. So for people who have really enjoyed today, can you tell us again um, just about that, just the title of the book and where people can get it and also how people mm -hmm. can connect with you online, Steve? Sure. So the title of the book is the Bezos letters, 14 principles to grow your business like Amazon. And, not surprisingly, it is available on Amazon. <laughs> um, the book website is thebezosletters.com, and there's some additional information there. Uh, I have questions at the end of every chapter to try and help you apply the principles that I talk about in each of those chapters. And then my primary platform online is uh, LinkedIn. And so uh, Steve Anderson, Steve Anderson Bezos, maybe. Uh, it, I'm usually fairly easy to 
uh, discover on LinkedIn. So let me know you listen to the podcast and uh, connect with me. I'd be, that'd be great. I'd enjoy that uh, immensely. Wonderful. Uh, definitely want to encourage listeners to do that. Make sure if you found today really helpful or you've already read or you go and read the Bezos letters and it's really helpful for you, then do let Steve know. That's always wonderful to get that feedback. Um, uh, listeners, thank you for tuning in and what a fun episode. Don't forget, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast and the Leadership Question of the Day Podcast, two other places you can go to continue to invest in your leadership. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to you, Steve, for being so generous with your time, uh, for writing such an amazing book and and uh, unpacking some of your story and some of the principles from your book today and being such a joy to spend time with. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Uh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders and you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I, I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. 
Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and, and please do that. And look for me, John White or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.